This is Project Keto. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast is a result of my lifelong experience searching for the answers to my health struggles. I'm here to teach you the how-tos, practical tips, and tactics to eating a ketogenic diet. No more deprivation or confusion when it comes to your amazing body. Let's jump right into today's episode. Today, we are talking about why dairy is so addictive. Last episode, we talked a lot about gluten, and this one is really taking off from that. It holds on to a lot of the same types of concepts, a lot of the same things that you would understand from that episode apply today, but just with a couple of slight changes. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, make sure that you go back and check out Season 6, Episode 11. But today is Season 6, Episode 12, and before we jump into the whole topic of dairy, let's just do a little life update. So I have been slowly, very, very slowly reintroducing some more non-carnivore foods. If you listen to all of Season 5, you know that that whole season was about my experience doing a carnivore or a meat-based diet, and I ate that way for about 14 months or so. And then now I'm slowly starting to bring in some different kinds of plant foods. And you might be wondering, well, why would I do that? Because back in season five, I had talked about how great carnivore was and how I loved it and I was getting such good results. And why would Madeline want to ever change anything if it was going so well? And the truth is, is that I don't really want to eat carnivore every single day forever for the rest of my entire life. I could. I absolutely could do that. It does make me feel great. I do love meat. It's possible. But I also really love to enjoy life and enjoy food and fun. And I just am one of those people that wants to have more variety. Like I'm guessing most people in the world are. So over this last... uh, year or so, even longer than that, I've been working very diligently on specific gut healing protocols. And I did a stool test actually recently and saw kind of what my results are with my gut diversity, different pathogens, all kinds of different types of results based off of what's going on inside of me. And I see that it's time to really seriously get my body ready to take in more variety. So how do I do that? Well, I've been taking these different protocols, these different supplements to help my body. I'm not going to get into all the details of what those are because that's just not what today's topic is. But basically, I've been eating the carnivore diet and then doing protocols to prepare my body to be able to handle more fiber, more vegetables, more variety better. Because if you just do an elimination diet or you just do a carnivore diet and you don't do any other work on yourself, you probably won't really be able to reintroduce more food variety because your body is still going to be just as damaged. It's just that you experience relief when you eliminate certain foods. So eliminating foods is a great idea, but then you have to take it many, many steps further to actually heal and get ready for more. So I have been experimenting with a little bit of fruit, like some blueberries, some grapefruit, some blackberries. I've also experimented with olives and avocados and alfalfa sprouts 
and one time I had a very small amount of broccoli that seemed to go fine. The one thing that I reintroduced, actually the two things that seem not to be great are tomatoes and green beans. Green beans just made me feel really bloated and really heavy and I just did not like that. And then the tomatoes came out looking like tomatoes in my poop and I don't know exactly if that's a bad sign, but I didn't like it and I didn't like the way that it made my belly feel. So I probably won't really be eating tomatoes or green beans very much, but I really am working on slowly bringing in more foods. And if you're in that same situation as me where maybe you've done an elimination diet or you've done carnivore and now you're ready to start to reintroduce, my best recommendation would be to take it slower than you think, like really slow, like meaning a very small amount of plant foods, maybe not even every day. Maybe you have a tiny, tiny, tiny reintroduction of something like a couple of bites of broccoli once and then don't have any more of anything like that for a couple of days. So you really give your gut time to take in the fiber because like for me, I haven't been eating any fibrous foods or any carbs for so long that it's kind of a shock to my system. So I don't want to mistaken shock with a like a gut reaction. So it's a slow process, but it's been really fun and really exciting. It's like a whole new world to try these foods again. And oh, I've also been having a lot of different herbs. So I've been adding rosemary and chives and green onions. And then I've also added garlic and onions, which surprisingly seems to have worked really well because in the past, garlic and onions were one of my worst foods and would make me feel hungover and just so awful. But I think it's actually going pretty well. So that's enough of that. Let's move into our topic of dairy and why it is so addictive. Dairy is highly addictive because of its protein, casein, which your body breaks down into casomorphins. And this causes your brain to release dopamine, which gives you a pleasure reward every single time you eat dairy. So this makes your body want to eat more and more dairy because you feel more and more reward and pleasure every single time you eat it, and then you become addicted. It is nearly impossible to give up dairy if you continue to eat small amounts of it because you are giving your brain that dopamine or a pleasure hit every single time you eat it. So you have to understand that it's not just that you like the taste of cheese or you love cream and it's so yummy. Those things might be true, but that's not why you're really addicted to dairy. It's because when you eat it, you get a very special dopamine response in your brain or you get this pleasure hit and then your body wants that over and over and over. And if you try to go without the dairy, your body is going, wait a minute, wait a minute, where's my reward? Where's my pleasure hit? I want to feel good. I want to feel pleasure. And then you either have to have the dairy or you have to do another habit or food that will give you a similar pleasure hit. So this is very similar to what we talked about last week with the gluten. Just a little bit of a, a little variation, but it's almost the same concept. Now, if you are going to be eating dairy... Because I understand it is unrealistic for most people in the world to say that they're never going to eat dairy again. Personally, I haven't had dairy since about 2009, other than butter, which I'll let you know in a few minutes here why butter works. But 
If you are going to eat dairy, the best option is going to be raw dairy from 100% grass-fed cows. Raw milk and cream are not sold in stores, and you have to buy them directly from a farmer. And if you are local in the Twin Cities area, let me know and I can tell you a farmer or two where you can actually get raw milk and raw cream. But I'm not going to be saying that on the podcast because it has to be kind of under the radar here. You can find raw cheese in most health food stores. So if you're a person that's going to be eating cheese, go for the raw cheese that is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished. In the future, we'll probably do an episode all about lectins, but I want to just have a little side note about why it's so important to choose grass-fed and grass-finished dairy. If you're eating the fat, the meat, or the dairy from a cow that has been eating grains like corn, soy, barley, any of those, it's not only going to be inflammatory because cows are not supposed to be eating that so it makes them sick, but it's also going to be filled with lectins. So let me back up for a moment and be real clear. If you're eating the meat, the fat, or the dairy from a cow that has been eating grains, that cow is going to be filled with lectins. So grains itself and other kinds of plant proteins like nuts, beans, rice, a lot of these different sorts of things, peas, potatoes, a lot of different foods, plant foods contain lectins. Lectins are a plant toxin that that means that they're a, a, a like a defense system, system for the plant. So plants have to have some way to defend themselves because they don't have claws, they don't have teeth, they can't attack you when you try and cut them down. So their defense system is a way of kind of poisoning you so that when you eat the plant, you get a bad response and then you don't want to eat that plant anymore and it helps the plant to defend itself so that the population can continue. Now there are different uh, types of plant toxins. There's oxalates, there's lectins, there's all kinds of different ones. But lectins are going to be a really, really high plant toxin that will be in the meat, the fat, or the dairy of a cow that was eating grains like corn. And then you eat that cheese or you eat that fat or that meat from that cow and now you are taking in a bunch of lectins. And lectins cause us people to have major digestive problems. That's all I'm really going to go into lectins today because it really is a topic for maybe even an entire podcast. If you want to know more about lectins, you can look up Dr. Gundry. Um, He has the Dr. Gundry podcast and he's like the lectin expert. But I'll probably do an episode in the future too if you just want a little bit of information. But that's one of the reasons, one, not all of the reasons, one of the reasons why you must choose 100% grass-fed for your meat, but also if you are going to still eat dairy. Many people do okay having raw dairy and 100% grass-fed dairy, but they do not do okay having pasteurized or conventional dairy. So you have to take it serious and know that those are two completely different foods and you can't just put them in the same category. Now, butter only has a tiny amount of casein. Remember that casein is that that protein that's in the dairy, 
that your body breaks down into the casomorphins and gives you the dopamine response. So butter only has a very tiny amount of casein, and it typically works for people who are sensitive to dairy or who are addicted to dairy. Butter does not work for people who have an allergy to dairy. So remember that allergies and sensitivities are different. So if you're allergic to dairy, butter and ghee won't work for you. But if you are sensitive or you just feel like you're addicted to dairy, oftentimes butter and ghee do work for those people. It works for me just fine. I do great with butter and ghee. Whey and lactobumin are also proteins in dairy that people can have an immune reaction to. So reacting to one of the dairy proteins is not the same as being lactose intolerant. You just want to know that those are all different things. They're all issues with dairy. Being lactose intolerant is different than being sensitive to the whey, the lactobumin, the casein, the other parts of the dairy. They're just all different types of reactions. Last week when we talked about gluten, we went into great detail about withdrawals and why it's so challenging to just get the gluten out of your diet. And the same thing we talked about there would apply to dairy. So most people have withdrawal symptoms when they give up a food like gluten or dairy. And this could be something like headaches, fatigue, depression, extreme exhaustion. It could even be something like joint pain. So just know that when you first give up a highly addictive food, you have to treat it like you're giving up an addictive substance. Like if somebody gives up alcohol and they're addicted or they're giving up drugs, you would go through some withdrawal symptoms and usually it's not pleasant. Once in a while, people can just easily cut out a food and they feel totally fine and there's no issue at all. But I would just estimate that the majority of people will struggle when they give up addictive foods. So let's go through some special tips for how to go dairy-free. And this would also apply if you're trying to go gluten-free or grain-free or really cut out any addictive substance. First of all, go all in. So if you're sneaking a little bit of cheese here and there or a little bit of gluten here and there, you are torturing yourself and making it harder. You can react to these foods for weeks after eating them. Even if you only eat a tiny amount, you can continue to react to that food and uh, kind of promote the addiction in your brain. So don't just kind of minimize it if you're serious about this. You must go all in and take it very, very seriously. Now, if willpower isn't working and you absolutely can't give up the food, then try some targeted amino acids. You may want to look into Julia Ross's work. She is an absolute expert in this. She's the person that I first learned from about targeted amino acids. But if you don't feel like educating yourself and you just want to take something, then I'm going to link to a supplement called Crave Curb that is really safe for people to take and really, really effective for cutting out cravings. And I know it's called Crave Curb, and it's not an appetite suppressant. Many people think that it's going to make them never want to eat. It's not like that. Crave Curb is just going to give your brain the amino acids that it needs so that it feels satisfied, so that you're not craving the dairy or the gluten for that pleasure response. Next tip, don't go for gluten-free or sometimes I say dairy-free packaged foods, like fake dairy or fake gluten. So this could be like fake cheeses 
or fake milks or muffins or cake mixes or candies or anything that would normally be filled with something like dairy or gluten and then it's going to be like a fake version of that and it's a packaged food. Just see if you can skip all of that stuff and make your own foods instead or just eliminate them altogether. Oftentimes if you're buying packaged foods, whether they're with dairy and gluten or not, packaged foods are going to be loaded with ingredients that aren't good for you and can oftentimes still give you those pleasure hits, those reward hits in your brain, and it's making it harder for you to cut out the dairy or the gluten in the first place. Many times on Instagram when I'm at the grocery store, I will actually go on my stories or I'll go live or I'll make a post showing you a packaged food like donuts or cookies that is marketed to be healthy, but we turn over the box and look at the ingredients and you see how much junk is in there. Like I think I just opened up, or not opened up, but um, looked at a box of donuts the other day on Instagram and showed you the first ingredient is corn and it's not non-GMO. And then the next one is something like canola oil or something like that. These highly, highly, highly processed damaged foods that nobody should be consuming. And I'm guessing that if you're trying to cut out dairy or gluten, it's because you are trying to get healthier. So don't go for processed foods. I know it's hard because maybe you're used to already eating processed foods, but you've got to cut out the junk ingredients. And there's thousands, there's millions of ingredients. So I'm not even going to list out every single one of them, but just know that if you turn a box over and you see a bunch of words that you can't define, don't eat that. See if you can just eat foods where it's one ingredient, like broccoli or beef or olives or avocado, even banana. Like I know that I don't promote eating high-carb fruits, but a banana is going to be so much healthier than a whole bunch of chemicals on an ingredients list. So if you kind of want to see what I'm talking about with these ingredients, definitely check out my Instagram at Madeline Rosie Evergreen. And you can scroll back and see a bunch of lives and see different um, highlights and things that show these grocery store visits. Okay, another tip, stock your home with healthy treats. So make some recipes that you love. I've got a bunch of cookie recipes on my blog at projectketopodcast.com, the same website that the show notes are on. So feel free to check out some of those cookie recipes. They're very clean ingredients. They're all grain-free. They all have dairy-free options. The only dairy that would be in them would be butter, but they all can be dairy-free. They really, really, really can help with transitioning. And I know that you're thinking that you can just use willpower and you can just never eat sweet foods again or never eat dairy foods or yummy treats again. And you can just cut it out and you're just going to be really strong. And maybe somebody can do that. But in my experience, myself, seeing my husband, seeing my family, seeing all of my clients over a number of years in my classes and my homeschool students, I haven't really seen almost anybody that's happy to just cut out tasty foods forever and only eat meat and vegetables and that's it. So if you need help transitioning or you want something to to enjoy, you want to have some cookies at night or you want to have a tasty treat, go on my website, get some of those cookie recipes and make them. Or 
find something else, make a different recipe somewhere else, go on Pinterest, look for some recipes, but just be sure that they're really, really simple, clean ingredients that aren't going to be full of like grain flours or artificial sweeteners or sugar or honey. See if you can go for things like stevia or Lakanto as your sweeteners. And then clear out your kitchen. Get rid of all of the junk. Or if you're only focusing on dairy right now, get rid of all of the dairy and then make a plan for how you're going to replace that. Like if you normally eat cheese, get rid of all the cheese and then buy nutritional yeast. This is another really good tip. Buy nutritional yeast instead of cheese. It tastes just like cheese and it goes great on vegetables, on meat. You can make little tortilla pizzas with grain-free tortillas and load them up with tomato sauce and different meats and vegetables and basil and then sprinkle on a whole bunch of nutritional yeast, put it in the oven and broil it so it gets nice and crispy drizzle on some olive oil when it's done, some um, crushed red peppers, really good Italian seasonings and Himalayan salt. But the nutritional yeast is really what makes it taste like cheese. Use that to replace your cheese. I just can promise you, you are going to be thrilled. If you're looking for a different cream for your coffee, look for uh, I recommend MCT oil powder. I can link in the show notes for my favorite one that I'm obsessed with, but that has been the best cream replacement for coffee that I've ever found. And I've tried tons and tons of different ones and I just love it. Another tip, ask for help from your family or whoever you live with or whoever you spend the most time with. Tell them what you're doing and why it's important to you and ask them for support. Ask them for support by not having the dairy in the house or not having the food that you're trying to get rid of. And yes, they're going to have to change too, and they should. It's not that you need to tell them that they have to do what you're doing. It's just that you need to lead by example. If you're the parent or if you're the child, you can lead by example and cut out the food and tell them this is important to you and tell them why. And tell them that it's hurting you and it's harming you to continue having those foods in the house. And that if they want to be supportive of you, they need to get the food out of the house. And then if those people want to continue eating those things, they need to eat it elsewhere. At work, out in the car, they need to go out by themselves and eat the food themselves, but they can't be having that in the house because it is wrecking your ability to get healthy. So people need to be supportive of you. And then by you leading with example, maybe perhaps they can actually do it too. Who knows? When I was first making these changes, I had a really great accountability buddy. I had a best friend in high school who was also doing the same thing. And I can't tell you how helpful it was to have her go through this with me. And we struggled together. We figured things out together. We tried recipes together and it really helped. So you can also reach out to a friend or if you don't know anybody that's willing to do this, go on Instagram and start making friends on there at least. Um, There's so many healthy people on there that will be willing to support you and join you in this. I'd just like to make a little side note, another little tip here, that if it's daunting and overwhelming for you to give up every single food like gluten, grains, sugar, dairy, high sugar fruits, processed foods, if it's too much to give up everything at once and you just cannot do it, 
I totally understand. That's very, very common and it's nothing to be ashamed of. So if that's you, choose one thing. Choose just the dairy or just the gluten or just processed foods. Choose one thing and master that first. But I do have to just warn you. I have to always warn people that it might be harder this way. It might be. Because you might still be giving your brain all of these pleasure reward foods that are making you want to keep eating more and more and more processed foods or addictive foods if you only cut out one of them. So try it though. It might be the answer for you or it might not. One more tip. No, I'm going to have two more tips. But one of them for giving up the dairy is if your food is tasting bland without cheese or cream, make sure that you're using enough salt and spices. Don't be afraid to add really good high quality Himalayan salt to your food. And spices can also help replace the flavor of cheese. So if you never are used to using anything like chimichurri sauce or pesto, or you could use Italian seasonings or crushed red peppers, any spices that you want, just get them out and start using them on your food. And it's going to help bring flavor in if you're used to putting cheese all over everything. And my last tip for today is to be patient. This is not an easy change for anybody and you must give yourself time and learn this new way of eating and expect some mistakes and ask help from me or your family or your friends anytime that you need support or you're feeling stuck and you just feel like you can't go on. And as we close out this episode today, I would like to share what I'm loving lately, which is actually an extension of my tips for you for giving up addictive foods. And what I'm loving lately is getting outdoors in the winter and spending time outside, even though it's winter. Every winter, I I like it more and more and more. I used to hate winter. I live in Minneapolis, so we definitely get winters here. I used to hate winter, but the last couple of years, I've started to love it more and more and more. And part of the reason is because I purposefully have been getting outside and going for walks in nature. It's refreshing. It's crisp. It feels so different when you're walking and there's snow and it feels so quiet. It's so different than springtime and summer and fall. It's just quiet. It's peaceful. And you just need to get clothes. Get all your warm clothes that you need and then get outside and do it. I was in Iowa last week with my family between Christmas and New Year's and every single day we went out in the woods and we went for these hikes sometimes for three or more hours long and one of these hikes we did in the snow like it was snowing the whole time like really heavy snowing and it was just gorgeous. It was so beautiful and I just loved it. And so I can't encourage it enough for your mental health. It's good for your physical health. And it's really actually helpful for cravings too. Getting outside helps shift your circadian rhythm. It helps bring in natural light into your eyes. It helps with grounding. I know that you're not going to put your bare feet in the snow probably, but it does help with grounding just to be out there in nature, breathing, seeing the sky, seeing the trees, seeing the snow. So wherever you are, get yourself outside, get yourself some warm clothes. And that is probably my biggest, biggest tip for today. Thank you all so much for listening. 
and I will catch you in a week. Bye.